Well, please turn with me in our Bibles uh, this morning to Luke chapter 1. And you'll find this on page 856. This morning we want to focus in on verses 78 and 79, but uh, we'll begin our reading back at verse 67 um, at the beginning of Zechariah's prophecy. Luke chapter 1 at verse 67 on page 856. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Christmas uh, in our culture is a time uh, where uh, people will come together, uh, family and friends uh, will uh, have many visits uh, with one another. And some people will make uh, great trips in order to visit with loved ones. Uh, it is a time of visitation uh, with those that we love and hold dear in our lives. But when we think about what Zechariah has been saying in this prophecy, one thing that we have highlighted is, is that the coming of Jesus into this world is nothing less than the Lord's visitation. Uh, that it is about the Lord coming to his people, which is a, a cause for celebration. And in Zechariah's prophecy, you remember that we really said that the bookends of what he is saying, as this priest is speaking uh, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is, is that the Lord has visited us. We saw that in verse 68, but we also see it as we come to our text this morning again in verse 78, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. And so we've been looking at this prophecy and we've been saying, what does the Lord's visitation really mean? Why is that something worth celebrating? Why is it something worth rejoicing? And Zechariah has been unpacking that because it means the salvation from our enemies. It means the reversal of their current estate it is the deliverance that God had long promised them, that it wasn't in vain to trust in the Lord, that it was right to wait upon the Lord even while they endured judgment for their sins. 
that it was a time of celebration because it meant God's mercy. God has shown his mercy to us in order that we might serve him without fear. And as Zechariah is describing all of these things, he's describing the Lord's visitation then as a cause of celebration. But we also highlighted that Zechariah's words, his ideas, his whole way of thinking is carried along by the language and the words of Scripture themselves. That he is alluding to the Old Testament even as he talks. That this priest who has been trained in God's word speaks in God's word as he is describing the significance of what is happening. Because Zechariah, as he was told that his wife would have a child and that his child would be great, his greatness would be that he would turn the hearts of the people back to the Lord. But more than that, he would prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Zechariah understood that there's something bigger happening than he is a father. He understood that his son was preparing the way for God that his son was one who would make things ready. And that is something that the Old Testament spoke about as well. Uh, prophets like Malachi spoke about, behold, the Lord is coming to his temple, and who can endure the day of his coming? Malachi was explicit, it is God that is coming. Or you think about Isaiah. Isaiah spoke about how the Lord himself would come that the message of comfort was ultimately that God himself would come. But before God came, Isaiah said that there would be a time of preparation. In Isaiah chapter uh, uh, 40, it says how uh, there would be, every valley would be lifted up and every mountain and hill would be made low. That what would happen would be something like a bulldozer that would fill in all the holes and flatten all the hills, that it was making a terrain, a path, that would be prepared to travel upon. And so Isaiah was looking ahead, saying there is a day coming when God will come to his people. But Isaiah said before that happens, there will be preparations being made. And Zechariah now, as he has been told, his son will be called John. God is gracious as he is told that his son prepares the way for the Lord's coming, is declaring praises because he sees how the gears are moving. Something great is happening. It is God's salvation. It is God himself that is coming. And that's why when Zechariah says all these words, he's focused on the significance of his son's birth rather than just talking about his son's birth. It's only when we get down to verse 76 that he says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. John's significance is as how he is preparing for the Lord. He is flattening the mountains. He is filling in the valleys for the Lord's coming himself. 
Well, this morning we want to look again at uh, this prophecy uh, to see how Zechariah is celebrating it. We've looked at how he celebrated the Lord's visitation as bringing a salvation from their enemies, as bringing mercy uh, and the knowledge of the forgiveness of sins. But we want to look at uh, a third aspect of his uh, prophecy here by looking at how it will bring peace. We want to see that because the Lord comes to bring healing and peace, we can find our rest in him. In verses 78 and 79, Zechariah celebrates the dispelling of the darkness and the directing us in the way of peace. We mentioned that Zechariah's mind, uh, his words, are shaped by the idea of the Lord's visitation. We've highlighted that his words, his, his uh, descriptions are informed by the Old Testament scriptures themselves. And that is especially true when you come to the end of this prophecy. You notice there in verse 78, he says, Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. That's intriguing language. Why is he talking about a sunrise? Why is he using this imagery of a sunrise to explain the significance of the Lord's coming? He's, he's using the imagery of light and darkness, uh, which again we see in the Old Testament. Maybe some of you uh, are early risers. Uh, and sometimes in the year it's easier than others. But if you get up before the sunrise, you see the darkness. And then you begin to see the first signs of that darkness weakening. Uh, the first sign of light uh, starting to overtake the darkness. And once the sunrise comes, the dawn of a new day, the, the stronghold of darkness breaks. It fades. It, it becomes less and less. And here Zechariah is describing the Lord's coming is like the dawning of a new day. It is, it is the uh, arrival of the Lord's anticipated grace. It is a time of celebration because something new has come. The dawning of light where there was heavy darkness. You see that again, that imagery in verse 79. To give light to those who sit in darkness. Sitting in darkness is a, is a way of talking even in the Old Testament. In Psalm 107, it talks about those who were sitting in darkness. Uh, to sit in darkness. When you hear the, the word darkness, darkness simply means the absence of light. Uh, to sit in darkness then is to be deprived of all that makes for human flourishing. We are creatures of the light. We are creatures that benefit and live by the light. If we don't have the light, it deprives us. We don't flourish, we're hindered. But scripture describes people by nature as people dwelling in darkness. The scriptures would even describe it as a thick darkness. And what that darkness is, is the absence of light. God is light. God's glory is depicted as light. To be in darkness then is to be deprived of the knowledge of the fellowship of God. To be in darkness is to be deprived of the goodness and the blessing that comes from God. It is to be living without reference to God. 
And in the scriptures, it, it describes a state of distress, a state of gloom, a state of despair. And the scripture says that's, that's what we are. That by nature, we're not in a state of neutrality, but we are living without reference to God. And that is a state of gloom. Maybe we don't always go around thinking that we're in a gloomy state uh, by nature, uh, especially if we're not living with reference to God. But ultimately, where are we finding our sense of hope? Where do we find our sense of peace? Where are we finding our sense of knowledge as to how things operate and where things are going? When things aren't going right, there is little comfort in this world apart from a knowledge of God. But here, uh, the, psalmist, uh, the psalms and uh, the scriptures talk about darkness uh, to describe those who are living without reference to God. Isaiah, again, uses this imagery of being in a thick darkness. Uh, and Psalm 107 talks about living uh, as prisoners uh, of affliction, our misery with no help uh, to help us. So the shadow of death looms and there's no comfort in it. It just is. What, what comfort is there when, when death comes and all we can say is, it is what it is? That's just the way life goes. There's no hope in that. There's no comfort in that. <clears throat> but what, uh, what the scriptures are teaching us is, is that when we come to a knowledge of God, it is like light that dispels the darkness. And so here, Zechariah uses that, that word, sunrise. The sunrise shall visit us from on high. But like light, the knowledge uh, and glory of God will penetrate the darkness. It dispels the fog by, created by sin, so as to make known the glory of God and the forgiveness of sins. We, we've heard many of uh, the children read from various prophecies in the Old Testament uh, describing the coming Savior. And perhaps one of the most well-known there is in Isaiah, where it talks about, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. When it talks about those who were living in darkness, unto them a great light has come. The light is described in a personal terms. It, it is a comfort that is found in a person. It is revealed in the coming Messiah, the one who is described as the Prince of Peace. And so here, the light that Isaiah described, the glory, the knowledge of God, is revealed in a, in a person. But Zechariah's word is intentional. It's very deliberate how he talks here. Because he says, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. That word that we translate as sunrise is a word that was used when the Old Testament was translated from its original language into Greek. Uh, before the time of the New Testament, before Jesus came into this world, the Old Testament was translated into Greek because Greek was uh, the, the, the language that people were now speaking, and it was uh, more accessible to a wider audience. And so they took the Old Testament and they translated it into Greek so that others could read it, and because it was the language that many of the believers themselves were speaking. 
But what is striking about that is, is that when the Old Testament was translated into Greek, the word that is used here for sunrise was used in the Old Testament when they were talking in one key passage when they were talking about the Messiah. When you turn to Zechariah chapter 3, which we read, it talks there in Zechariah 3 about the branch. The Lord's servant is described as the branch. That was a title that was used to describe the coming Savior. The branch was the Messiah, as we read in Jeremiah. Zechariah describes him as the branch. But when the book of Zechariah was translated into Greek, the word that the translators thought was the best way of describing that word, the branch, was the word sunrise. That what will spring up is, is the sunrise. And so the translators were saying it's like the dawn of light that will come. Zechariah now is taking from that and describing uh, the work of God's grace. When Zechariah 3 was translated into Greek, it said that when the sunrise comes, the Lord will remove the sins of this land in a single day. The dawning of the sunrise will affect a deliverance from the darkness of sin and from the curse of sin in death. <clears throat> so what is the dispelling of darkness? Zechariah could describe it as the forgiveness of sins. It was the knowledge of God, and that comes in Jesus Christ. John's ministry was to point beyond himself to the one who came after him. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That was his greatness, to be able to point people to the one who would bring the forgiveness of sins, to the one who would dispel the darkness, to the one who would bring the sunrise of God's grace. And that is what Zechariah is celebrating here. To those who were living in their sins and estranged from a knowledge of God, there was good news because God's grace would dawn upon them when the sunrise came. And notice what Zechariah says there in verse 78, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. Again, if we keep that word sunrise in our heads and we see it linked with the Old Testament, the sunrise, the branch, even the whole prophecy. The Lord has raised up for us a horn of salvation in the house of our servant David. The branch, the sunrise, the house of David, the horn of salvation. Zechariah is willing to affirm the coming Messiah is fully human. He's from the line of David. But this priest who is educated in the Old Testament scriptures is just as clear in affirming the deity of Jesus because the sunrise will visit us from on high. The sunrise will visit us from heaven above. It is, it is a heavenward down revelation of God's grace that the one who is revealing God's glory comes from on high. So he can affirm both of these things. When you come to think about the coming of Jesus into the world, how do you understand the significance of Jesus' coming? Does your understanding of Jesus' coming take into consideration what the Old Testament was saying? 
We, we can affirm, we can talk about Jesus was born at a certain time and in a certain place. He was born in Bethlehem. He was born uh, into a humble uh, uh, situation. He was born uh, uh, and laid in a manger. But do we understand the significance of Jesus' coming? Do we understand that he is not only the promised king, but that he is the one who comes from on high? Because that's how the, the scriptures speak of him. That the Lord himself will come to his temple. That the glory of the Lord will be revealed. How is that going to happen? It is because the one who reveals that glory is fully God himself. And so the dispelling of darkness comes through the glory of God being revealed when God takes on flesh. When God reveals himself in the sending of his son into this world. So there's a dispelling of the ignorance of uh, sin uh, and ignorance of God, of living without reference to God by the coming of the Lord Jesus uh, into this world. And through that, we see God's mercy uh, being revealed. So it is to deliver us uh, who were sitting in darkness that we might behold the light, the glory of God uh, in Jesus Christ. But then secondly, uh, Zechariah celebrates not only the, the dispelling of darkness, but the directing us in the way of peace. You see that in verse 79, uh, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Again, Isaiah, when he talked about the coming Messiah, he described him as a prince of peace, the prince of peace. But other uh, prophets also spoke about the coming of the Lord. In Malachi, it says that for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings and you shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. We, uh, we know that there is uh, certain benefits from the natural sunlight. Uh, sometimes uh, if we are deprived of being out in the sun, it can affect us uh, uh, physically and emotionally. Uh, that we are people that benefit from getting sun. Uh, my kids sometimes in the late spring, early summer, will just go out and lie on the deck uh, and just take in the sun. Uh, we can enjoy the sunlight. It has natural benefits to it. Malachi used this image that the sunrise will come with healing in its wings. But the healing is not simply emotional or physical the healing is spiritual. It is a healing of the soul because he comes to bring God's grace. And that is uh, why Malachi uh, anticipates the Lord's coming. Jesus comes ultimately to heal us of sin, to restore us to God and to make peace. The prophet Isaiah confronted the people over their sins because they did not know the way of peace. They did not know the way of peace because they weren't living with reference to God. They weren't living submitting to God. They were living rather in rebellion to God. That is why they, uh, truth and justice were suppressed. That is why evil was manifested in their land. And so true peace involves an understanding of the truth. But more than that, true peace, and, uh, true peace involves an understanding of the Lord and a receiving of his purposes. Apart from the Lord, there is no lasting peace. 
Apart from the Lord Jesus, you won't find peace that lasts. You have no basis for having any security. You have no basis for thinking things will turn out right. You have no relief from the guilt and the remorse and the shame that you bear. You have no reason to think that there is security in this world apart from a reference to God and a knowledge of his favor. The Prince of Peace gives peace because he teaches us not only that there is one who is in control, but the one who is in control sent a Savior to save us. Jesus came into this world to redeem us from our sins, to heal us, to restore us unto God, to show us who God truly is, that we might delight in him rather than recoil and refrain from him. And Zechariah here again is celebrating the fact that the Lord's coming brings us in the knowledge of God's peace, a delight in the one who is peace. So true peace is found in a person. It's not just a, an emotional state. It's not just when things are going right. True peace is knowing Jesus. And that is, again, how Zacharias speaks, to direct us in the way of peace. The Lord's visitation accomplished uh, the dispelling of the darkness of sin. He comes to cause the light of God's glory to shine for those who have been estranged from God. But Zechariah ends by saying specifically that he will guide their feet in the way of peace. The Lord's visitation brings about a change of their state so that they now willingly devote themselves to the Lord. There was an early Christian by the name of Justin Martyr. Uh, he was trying to explain uh, the Christian faith to his fellow citizens, trying to explain uh, why it is right and good that others uh, follow Jesus as well. But as he testified to the message of Jesus, he wrote the following in the second century. He said, those who once rejoiced in fornicating now delight in continence alone. Those who made use of magic arts have dedicated themselves to the good and unbegotten God. We who once too took pleasure in the means of increasing our wealth and property now bring what we have into common fund and share with everyone in need. We who hated and killed one another and would not associate with men of different tribes because of our customs now after the manifestation of Christ live together and pray for our enemies. Do you hear how Justin is talking? For Justin... It's not just a knowledge that Jesus was born. For Justin, it was an understanding that in Jesus, we find peace with God. And knowing peace, the forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus Christ, changes the way now that they live in this world. To talk about peace is not just a social or political uh, description it's talking about the inbreaking of God's blessings. The, the living in light of God's work. And Justin is saying that because he has come to know God's grace, it has transformed the way that he now lives. 
now he desires to make way for peace with those who before he wouldn't have associated with. Now he, he prays for his enemies. Now he is concerned for the welfare of his neighbor. These things are all grounded in something. That is something that our Western society has to start thinking hard about. What, what accounts for the beliefs that we operate on? Justin could explain what he believed, but also why. It's because he had come to know the Prince of Peace that he now walked in the ways of peace. It, it changed the way that he lived. And let me challenge you as we think about the birth of Jesus into this world. Does it shape the way that you now live? Does it now cause you to live in a way that is delighting in God and rejoicing in his peace? Or is it just something that we kind of tack on to the way that we're already living? Justin said it, it changes the way I live. It reorients my life. Because before I was living without reference to God. And now I am delighting in God. God has revealed himself and his grace in Jesus. And now I want to do his will. I have peace with God. And I now live walking in the way of peace. Let me close by just saying. This peace shapes the whole of the Christian life. You read on in Luke 2, and you, ta you come to the time when Jesus comes uh, to the temple, and you remember that there is that occasion where Simeon takes up the infant child, Jesus, and he says, now let your servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon had peace even at the prospect of dying, not resignation about dying, he had peace with dying. How could he have peace with dying? He said, it's because I have seen the Prince of Peace. I have seen the one who conquers death, the one who conquers sin, and I can rest because he is in control. Because in him I see the mercy and the grace of God. Because while I'm not in control, he is. And his will will be uh, realized. That's, that's true peace. Not being anxious about how things are going to turn out. Or just assuming that things will, without a personal interaction or personal control, govern themselves. But knowing the one who is in control and delighting in him. Zechariah here is celebrating the visitation of the Lord. The Lord's visitation means salvation from sin. It means the mercy of God that allows people to now draw near to God without fear. And it means living with peace. Knowing God's favor in Christ, I can now live knowing God's purposes will prevail. And I simply live under that umbrella of God's control and of God's goodness. Do you know the ways of peace, having heard of the message of Jesus' birth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would bless us as we think about this prophecy. Lord, help us uh, to be people who realize how 
sin and ignorance uh, needs to be dispelled. We thank you, Lord, for the knowledge of your truth, for the word of God. We thank you for the declaration that it gives to us of the coming of the Son of God. And we thank you, Lord, that Jesus came into this world uh, to bring healing from sin. So bless us, we pray, and go before us in his name. Amen.